If you're seeing my face and hearing my voice, that means it's another episode of the Tunes and Tales podcast. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you if you're you know following the episodes, you're on this journey with us. Thank you for staying tuned. Thank you for following the podcast. Um, if you're new, I always say if you're new, you did it by accident, you clicked on it to check it out, or you were looking for another podcast, or you know you don't know what the hell's going on here. Appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and all that jazz. Um, so yeah, so this week on the episode, I actually be, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself before I start. Uh, let's do the notes as usual. So if you want to follow us on social media and support the podcast and just stay on top of everything we're doing, all the weekly releases, everything else we do on the side for the podcast, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and uh, TikTok, and that is at Tunes and Tales Pod. You'll see it right here. Next, we got Facebook at Tunes and Tales Podcast. Next, we have Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. That we have it at Tunes and Tales. So it's Tunes, capital N, Tales. Um, and then we also, you can follow us on, I mean, if you're listening, you want to see the episodes, we have it on YouTube as well. Um, what else we got for all the people watching and you want somewhere to listen to the podcast on the go when you're driving to work, coming home when you're at work, you're doing chores, you're at the airport. I'm going on a trip next month too. So I'm excited. Uh, when you're at the airport, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can check us out on all major podcast platforms. So that is Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Google, you name it, we're there. So you can check us out right below. Also, if you hear today's episode or watch today's episode and you want to share a song and story, you can you could message us on social media, but you can also email us at tunesandtailspod at gmail.com. Also, if you just have any questions you want to submit to the podcast, send it to the email. No big deal. All right. That's it for notes. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a friend of mine. His name is CJ. He is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. He does Taekwondo. Sorry, Taekwondo. He does jujitsu. And today's episode, we kind of go into that and another aspect of his life that his uh, song and memory is about. So everybody, welcome to the podcast, CJ. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So I was in middle school mm -hmm. um, and I had never been skating before. It was a school trip and they were like, yo, we're going to Shea Boo's. But most people, well, if they're from Boston and they know Shea Boo's is like the hood spot for skating. And if you've never been to Shea Boo's, then you're not really from Boston type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had never gone yet. So I was dumb excited, never skated, didn't know what it was going to be like. I walked in there and... It was pretty much empty. The school rented it out. It was a smooth process getting the skates. 
you know, of course I get on the skates and I don't know what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but because everybody there was kind of just lit, having fun, enjoying themselves, um, it made it fun for me too. I didn't mind going around falling, holding on to the pole, trying, you know what I mean, to figure it out. Right. Um, had the girls there, you know, the cute shorties was there, so that was dope. And that was like one of the first times too where um, I went to a seven-day Adventist school. And that was really? one of the what first school times. Uh, Berea SD Academy. So, okay. yeah, it was one of the first times that we actually did something that I felt was not super, like, Christian-based, in a sense, mm. um, because of the music that they let play. Like, so it was they really, wasn't playing church music? Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got to go out there and really, like, right, let loose in our culture. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we're out there, we're skating and whatnot. Um, the girls is out there skating. We're just having fun, like, you know, and it was a dope time, a great introduction to my first time skating. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story right there. Oh, that's dope. All right, so we can, we're going to, like, branch out a little. We're not going to talk just about skating, but we're going to branch out into your life and stuff. But um, but on the topic of skating, like, do you remember learning to skate? Yeah, I mean, I learned how to skate just by trial and error, really. Like nobody um, showed you? Yeah, I mean, someone showed, you know what I mean? Like, someone showed me, but it wasn't classes. I, I, I'm not going to say I got up there and just put on the skates and, like, got to it, you feel me? Definitely yeah, yeah. not. I had to ask people, like, what I do. But no one, like, step by step, like, this is what you do, come in here, practice. It was just like, all right, every time I went skating, I just tried to get a little bit better, getting the little uh, bits and nuggets that I had. So, of course, like, the first time you skate, you're, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to walk and you're falling you just yeah, look yeah. crazy bro yeah. um and then eventually i started to get the balance a little bit and then i ended up learning how to like actually move on the skates because basically when you're in skates you feel you think you're supposed to move as if you're walking on the floor right. like one foot forward next foot forward but in reality you're supposed to use the bottom of the skates like the sole of the skate mm -hmm. the, the part that's on your foot as a board and essentially your foot is kind of pushing out right. as you're moving forward. And that's what kind of helps get the skate going. Um, Jeff, go ahead. Yep. Cause I, till this day, I don't know how to skate to save my fucking life. And the reason why oh. I asked about you learning to skate is cause I remember the first memory. And this is like a lot, like, like this is when I lived in Jamaica, like long fucking time ago. As a kid, my dad took me and my cousins and my sister to this, like this outdoor skating rink thing. Yeah. And so like there's the the big outer circle where all the people who know how to skate go skate. And there's like the inner circle for like the kids and people who don't don't know how to skate. Yeah. So I'm in the inner circle and I'm holding on to the rail and I'm like holding on for dear life because you know my foot's like <laughs> you know, you're doing that little skittle, that little like squirrel thing. And my I slip and fall and my foot pushes out into the bigger ring. And some guy that was skating like trip and he's like he went fucking flying dude like oh damn flying like into the wall and i felt so <laughs> bad but the scary part is as a kid when that happened it was just me at in the circles in that circle at the moment and just the fear i remember feelings like this dude is gonna murder me <laughs> like you know what i mean so that's not like that's the memory. That's why I asked, like, what did you learn to skate? Like, kind of triggered that memory. But yeah, now we definitely. I feel that, bro. Those those are definitely the scary moments. Falling in the skating ring, you know what I mean? 
And especially when you get older too, and you start going to like the adult events where you really get people who know how to skate that like are jumping and you feel me like (laughs) dancing and all that, bro. You feel me? Like that's one of the most embarrassing things. That doesn't change at all. It's like, oh, you know, like that's real. You fall, you gotta get up quick. Make sure you feel me act like nothing happened. So um so was that the, I don't know if you said it, but was that the, when you went to Shevu with for your school, was that the first time you went to like an outdoor skating related? Yeah. So it was indoor, but that was the first right, time sorry. I just, yeah, indoor, went roller skating like mm-hmm. ever. That's the first time. So um, ever after that, do you have any other skating? Like, were you just like skating all the time or like every once nah. in a while? Or? So I started, now I, I, I started skating a lot more, but after that, it was just kind of like piece by piece, you know, like maybe like a friend had a party or something like that and it was skating or maybe, you know, once in a while, my family just went out, we went skating, but it was nothing ever that I like did super consistently, you know, it so wasn't it was like, like a hobby or like, yeah, it wasn't like a hobby. It was just like, yo, I like skating once in a while, you know? Right. This makes sense. This makes sense. All right. So you mentioned earlier you went to a seven day Adventist school. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm not as religious as I once was, but I grew up a seven day Adventist. But I've yep. never heard of a seven day Adventist school. So what was the difference? Like, is it like Catholic school or like? Essentially, it's very similar to Catholic school. We had to wear a uniform. You know what I mean? We um study the Bible. We have classes related to our religion. Um. But I feel like other than that, it was pretty much regularly the same, you know. Um, we did prayers as a group, you know, in the large assembly hall, things like that. And it's just a, more of an expectation of, like, having high moral values and acting disciplined and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was anything too crazy. Like, we still got wild in the school, of course, because, like, your kids, right. you know what I mean? So, so you, know, like, you know, was- I guess, you know, like... Uh-huh. But it, it was really just kind of one of our core principles and like one of our main educational expectations was learning about the Bible and learning about God and our religion. Um, and because of that, it, it came off a little bit more, I guess, like safe, familial, um, and just more expectations that, you know, they're raising good people to go out into the world. Mm. Um but yeah, I didn't feel like overall it was much different from like a Catholic school, obviously, because it's religious, but any other school other than that, yeah, we learn about our religion, you know? So Right. So it's just on yeah. top of the regular coursework is just the religion. Yeah. Now, was there, you know, the, the stereotypical Catholic church, I guess, stereotypes is, you know, the strict, the strict mean teachers or principal yeah. or headmaster or whatever. Was there anything similar to that? In terms nah, of like, we, wasn't getting, we, we wasn't getting hit with all. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to be around the bush about it. That's <laughs> like, I nah, I did have a couple of teachers that was in, that were annoying. You feel me? But right. it it wasn't that crazy. It wasn't that crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. But I do think I do think in and maybe this was just kind of like the times. You know, we grew up in the nine late nineties, early two thousands. So there was still a lot more expectation on teachers to discipline more or they had that leeway to discipline more. So your teacher was like, yo, sit down and I'm going to deal with you. They weren't putting their hands on you, but it was a lot more than like, nobody was talking crazy to their teacher back then. You know what I mean? Like discipline was like, yo, go stand in the corner. You're going to hold a book over your head for like 30 (laughs) minutes and you had to go do that. (laughs) So you know what's funny, right? You just remind me. So, when I moved to like officially, so I moved to America two different times. The first time as a little kid 
and I oh. went back because I, I moved there in the winter. I fucking hated it. Like it's just like a traumatic like till this day. It's a traumatic event, right? So my mom sent me back. Years later, I officially moved here. Like, all right, I'm living here now. And I remember the first time when I moved there, I noticed the difference in discipline. Mm-hmm. Cause the idea of not hitting kids was like it's not a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you'd yeah. be getting straight up like assaulted by teachers in Jamaica. <laughs> like like I remember in the in the I was fifth or fourth grade in Jamaica, like there's this teacher. Shout out Miss McKenzie. I don't know where she is in the world. Like she was really strict, but she was so good like at teaching and getting information across. But I remember she whooped the whole like I said, every student in the class, like she beat their ass like with a belt because none of us could spell February. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved here and the idea is like, oh, we don't hit, we do like the timeout, like you said, the book over the head. Right, and it's like, right. I'm like, what kind of childish shit is, you know what I mean? It's like just the trauma in me. <laughs> it's just like kind of soft I'm shit. Is get a little murder out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Um, I did a little bit of research. So you do fighting, yep, or yep. is it jujitsu, taekwondo? Yeah. Or... All right. Mm-hmm. So how did you even get into that? Because that whole world fascinates me, bro. Yeah. So jujitsu, um, I started two years ago, mm-hmm. and one of the jobs I worked at at that time, there was this dude who was talking about some martial arts um, organization or business that was like basically in the hood. Because right. I live in Dorchester, and it's literally around the corner from my spot. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I heard of it. Then I was um, reading a book, and it was by this guy who is a martial artist, and he's a mentor for, like, young men and their fathers. Mm-hmm. And he's done pretty much a ton of different martial arts from, like, karate, taekwondo, all that. And in the book, he just kept saying, like, jujitsu is the one that, he rocks with the most and um, he felt like did the most for him. So one day, um, mind you, I forgot about the guy who mentioned the BJJ stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And one day I was just walking from the crib and or to the crib. And I realized that that spot was literally right. Like I looked up and I was like, yo, what is this? And it was literally the spot that the guy was talking about. I was like, oh, oh this wow. is what he's saying. Yeah. Right, right, right. So once I saw it, I was just like, yo, I'm gonna come in here and try it. Oh, and just I like that. It. There wasn't any reservations. It's just like, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm going to just try it. Oh, I like that. Like, I like that. Yeah. Why not? So and we, we're going to talk about it, bro. Cause, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. Got you, got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel like I know where you're going with this. And I yeah, feel yeah, 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 yeah. So I went, and I'm not going to lie, bro. Um, it's it's very humbling experience. It, it's not like, it's not like, boxing or striking um, martial arts where you kind of have a fighter's chance um, or puncher's chance. Um, You go in there, bro. And like you, like you get roughed up, like dudes will like, like you get stuck, bro. You you know, that feeling of like when you're fighting somebody Mm -hmm. and they literally control you and like all your adrenaline is just like, like, are you calm down now? And all you can say is like, like, you know, it's when the the bigger person just sits on you be like, all right, you done. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and that, that's what happened. But it was also very like, it's, it's a, it's a sport that takes a lot of thinking and, and discipline and patience because 
it's very technical. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that I really appreciated about it is that you're wrestling and you are trying to scramble and be strong and be explosive. You feel me? And like handle this other person. Mm-hmm. But unless you're extremely strong, which at the end of the day, like strength, you know what I mean? Like if you're really strong, that is like OP power. strong. Right. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? Like you can kind of get yourself out of situations, but when you're not bro, it's like you're stuck. And that fascinated me. Um, and it's a great workout and all this other stuff. So I just really got into the idea of like learning how to study, um, really being able to work and figure out the techniques and all the ways that you could really just manipulate the body, bro. It's right. like, I'm, I've been doing it two years now. And obviously like, first of all, the way you get your belts is crazy. It takes over 10 years to get a black belt over 20 years to get a okay, black that's, belt. That's what it's going to lead to. So kind of break down the belt system for me. Like, yeah. The, how many, like, the, how many, like, how long it takes? Or is it, like, a... Because I have... Let me back up before I get into it. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. knowledge I have of jiu-jitsu is listening to Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> so when he when he talks about it or he has, like, fighters on who has that background, like, I'll hear about it. But mm-hmm. I have, apart from that, I have no idea how it works. So, like, kind of break down the belt system for me. Yeah, so the belt system is it's white to black. Okay. Um, and it's about five belts. It's a white belt. Then you go blue belt. Then you go purple belt, brown belt, mm-hmm. and then you go black belt. Gotcha. Um, in general, the belt system, it's not necessarily based on years. It's based on, um, your ability to apply technique, mm-hmm. um, for people who compete, um, how much you're winning in some cases. Um, so it, it really varies like in a really weird anomaly or some cases there's people who've gone from like white belt to purple belt in like a year and a half, two years, mm. but you also have to understand that they're probably competing. They probably, um, do this every day. They might even be teaching. So they're working out, let's say they have three days, they start in the morning, um, they train in the morning, they might teach throughout the day, and then they're training again, like twice at night, right? So their ability to learn and then apply technique is greatly increased. And then they might be winning tournaments, you know what I mean? So that increases it. But if you're someone who might be going like once a week, not really learning the techniques, not able to apply them, it can take a lot longer, you know, so it really just depends on the person. But it's very rare that you find someone who goes from like, white belt to black belt within a year, two year, five years. You know what I mean? So it's really based on your application. Um, Generally speaking, though, to go from white belt to black belt is going to take a number of years. Um, I'm like, I'm not an expert, so I can't really say what that average year is, but expect to put some time in it. Um, What I've learned so far in my time is that this is definitely something that's a lifelong sport. Um, it takes a lot. I'm still learning something new when you like, when we do our sparring, it's called rolls. Um, mm-hmm. when you roll with like, or when I roll with like my sensei, there's always something else, get some extra cardies pulling out. You feel me where it's like, ah, I think I'm solid here. And then next thing I'm tapping out because mm. of something I know that came out of nowhere that I wasn't expecting. So okay. it's, it's definitely something that takes a long time. Now, as far as the competitive, competitive side to it, 
do you struggle with tapping out or are you the type of person the second you know like all right that's it i'm getting like you know like it depends on what it is um because i feel like sorry to cut you off but because i feel like from for some people it's like ego driven like nah i can't I can't top out like I can't look like a you know whatever week or whatever they they yep. think they look like. So what is it like? What do you, what is it for you? Uh, I'm really glad you said that because it, it really is ego a lot, and that's why I said earlier it kind of humbles you. Um, for me, I definitely try my best not to tap out. Um, but if I know that I got got, I'm not risking it. So for example, if someone gets me in an arm bar, and when right. they get me, like I'm not gonna. Let's, I wish I, let's say they got the arm bar about like 80%, right? And I have a 20% chance of getting my arm out. I'm going to fight and try and get out of there before they get it to a hundred percent. Right. Now let's say they get it a hundred percent, right? Or maybe like 95%. And it's like, yo, I could tap right here. I'm going to try and say like, wiggle my arm out. You know what I mean? Like turn, <laughs> change the angle a little bit, make it difficult for them. Right. But once I feel that they have that locked in, mm-hmm. I'm tapping. They got like, that. This is what it is. I'm not risking breaking my arm or whatever. Um, but if it's like a guillotine, mm-hmm. I'm going until I feel like, oh shit, I really <laughs> cannot breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Like I'm about to pass out, tap. <laughs> and I just feel like, especially for competitions, like you never know where that person's at. You never know how tired they are. You don't know how long their grip strength is. So I'm gonna try and give myself the longest chance possible that I can. Um, but if someone gets me, you know, you got me, whether it's, it's sparring or, or, um, competitions, I'll let you know, like good shit. Like it is what it is. You know, like, I tried my best. You got me. Um, so yeah, that's what it is real quick, bro. I just need to grab a charger. My battery just no, died. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Give me one second. Yep. All right, bro. I'm good. Good. Yes, All right. Um, shit, I forgot my, Oh no, I don't remember my question. All right. So I was going to ask, uh, as far as competing, how often do you compete? And what's what's that like? Because obviously, I feel like, you know, sparring or rolling with people, like people that go to the same. Is it a gym or dojo? What do you guys call it? Yeah, it's gym, dojo, whichever one you feel Doesn't like calling okay. it. I call so, it dojo. Okay, so when you, when you roll with people at your gym, uh, I feel like it's obviously a different level than, you know, competing with somebody you're not familiar with, maybe, or like from a different, you know, gym or whatever. So how is competing? Yeah, competing is, it's fun, um, but it's definitely like 10 times uh, intense mm-hmm. than sparring. Even when you're rolling with your guys at your gym, you you do, like, you're, you roll intense, you know, but if you're going 100% at your gym, it literally feels like 110% at an actual match or in an actual match. The first time, my first match, I remember uh, one of my boys from the gym telling me, yo, uh be careful of your grips because they're going to burn out. And I, I understood what he was saying. I was like, okay, that's definitely a possibility, but I didn't think it was going to happen my first match. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was going to happen like how it did. So my first match, we go, I get my grips and we fight, we fight, whatever. I end up winning it. When I was done, bro, I felt like I f- just finished rock climbing for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Can't feel shit. Like, I, I, I swear to you, bro, I had to go on the sideline, wait for my next match. Uh-huh. And like, I had one of my boys massaging this forearm here and the other one massaging that forearm there because like the adrenaline is pumping so much that you think, oh, I'm good, you know, but 
or you're not going, you, you can feel that you're going hard. You, you just think you have the ability to last longer, but then you realize that you guys are both at 110% and you can't really let up, especially when you're very early on and you haven't competed a lot. Right. You can't really let up because the moment you go down to 100, 105%, that extra 5, 10% that that person is putting in could make the difference in you losing position. And now you got to fight out of a bad spot, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's tough, but... I will say that as you continue to fight, you do learn how to control that adrenaline. It goes down a little bit. You get a lot more familiar. So by my second and third competition, I could drastically feel the difference in my grip strength, my um, application of how much or how much pressure I'm applying and, you know, just kind of going all out. So it does go down a little bit, um, but it's always there. It's always there. Work. So... When when you because I'm like sorry I got mad questions for you. I was like fascinated by this. So in during the like the fight itself, yep. Is your mind going like a hundred miles per hour, or are you like, all right, he's doing this, so I'm gonna counter with this, or I need to get the disposition, I need to take his back, like like how's your mind operating? So I go in with the strategy for my my fights. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really predict everything and you have to, you can't really go. I don't like to go based off of what the other person is doing too much. Yeah. I have to react to what they're doing, but I try and implement my game plan. Okay. So knowing my game plan, I know the things to look out for. I know how I'm, how I'm going to expose myself. And then I, I also know how I'm going to set that person up to trap them to follow my game plan. So that's really what I focus on. Um, now, Yes, your mind is going 100 miles a minute in a sense. But the goal is to try and keep it as open as possible. And when you do get caught on being too focused in something, that's when things can typically go bad. Um, Because you really and, and part of it, it has to do with training, right? So the more you train and the more familiar your body gets is the easier your body can actually react without you having to think too much. So let's say I do try and take somebody down and they end up, um, I end up missing the takedown, right? And let's say now they're trying to pass my guard. Uh, They're trying to pass my guard. And one of the things that I need to do is to shrimp and uh, recompose um, and basically square up with them, keep my knees between um, my my chest and, and their body. Um, the more I practice is the more my body will be able to naturally just shrimp, swip, uh, swivel over a knee, mm-hmm. a foot, and create that separation. Now, if my body isn't really used to doing that, right. this is where my mind starts going on 100 miles per hour because now I have to think about what to do. You to figure it out. All right. Exactly, compared right. to just doing it and then focusing, all right, cool, I got this position back, or all right, my body's already doing this, I can move on to the next thing. How can I get myself out of this position or um, what do I do next to move on to transition to something that's going to be more beneficial for me? Um, so it, it really comes down to how well your body is trained. Cause I like my last competition, um, I was actually heated because this guy tried to pass my guard mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to go half guard, but I kept trying to go close guard because that was the first thing I saw. And that's, I was in my head, I was just thinking, all right, protect, protect myself, uh, get this knee away, get this knee away. When in actuality, I was so focused on that, 
that I didn't see the opportunity for me to wrap up uh, his other leg and and be in a uh, not a better position, mm -hmm. but a position that I know I could have worked from. You know, so yeah. Now injuries. Mm -hmm. Have you have any? How often are they? Yeah, it's it's not super often. I've had a rib injury so far, a couple cuts. Um, the toes are like the first thing that kind of one of those nagging injuries, bro, because okay. you're just constantly putting weird pressure on your toes right. that you're not able uh -huh. to. Um, but my gym is a safe gym. We fight intensely, but no one's like intentionally trying to hurt somebody. Uh, so it's not too crazy. It's really just about how safe you are. Um, but opportunities for getting hurt definitely happen more in practice than in the actual fight and the actual mm -hmm. fight. Yeah. I don't know what it is, bro. It's just, maybe it's the adrenaline and like, you know, your body's prepared, yeah. but practice is kind of where it happens, but nothing too crazy, you know, like maybe a little finger sprain or something like that, mm -hmm. but the toes is the most um, consistent one. And then I've had a crazy rib injury that sucked, but I know people who have like blown their, their uh, knee out or yeah. almost like sprained their MCL. Um, I've seen a guy like rip his toenail all the way back. Like, Get the fuck yeah, yeah, bro. He still like, does that shit. <laughs> yeah. no, you know what's messed up? It was, it was this dude's first day. He came to try because his cousin trains with us, right. and he, he did the drills. And then his first fight, his, his whole toe. toe like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, Jesus, yeah, so you got to make sure your your toenails are low key, like cut and stuff like that. So that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people people deal with different injuries. Um. You do take a couple like knees to the head, elbows to the head. So That's I what I was gonna ask next. So like, how's like the is? Because it's not like it's football where you're constantly slamming into somebody. But how's like the head part? Like, is there head trauma? Like, yeah, not too crazy. Again, um, when you know how to protect yourself and where to like keep your head away from and things like that, you're good. But there are times where it's just like the momentum of somebody swing their knee around or bringing their knee up and you're trying to like get past their knee sometimes it does collide mm. um i think it's funny i kind of rock with it because i feel like i watch mma and i always wonder what those hits feel like and how those individuals take like a knee to the head you feel yeah. you're like kick to the face yeah. so on one end it's kind of interesting to be like oh okay that's what that feels like cool you know like <laughs> right. hate that like keep going you know what i mean right. um but i i do know people who have like low-key got hit, came back to practice the next day and was like, damn, I think I might have actually have, have a, got a concussion. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's just – it doesn't happen super often, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of got to know whether you can keep going or if you need to chill. And that's on you, you know? Um, and then there's obviously, like, guys who come in, don't know what they're doing. Um, I would also add – just like people who watch jujitsu or don't really train, but like want to do like ankle locks and stuff like that or heel hooks. That's like, it's a little annoying because they're really about like getting you to tap. And if you don't know how to protect yourself and get out of that, then that can cause some injuries. Or like, let's say they go for a, a, a heel hook or ankle lock and then they actually end up knee reaping you. You know what I mean? If you don't know how to deal with the knee reap, you could really injure yourself. Or if they don't know what they're doing and they try and, like, turn over and, like, lock it in, you know what I mean? Like, that that's the that thin line of, like, being safe and getting hurt seriously. Okay. All right, we're going to change scares again. So I feel like you do a lot of work with your community. Um, 
And you said the the gym is in Dorchester, right near your house. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how I don't know if you can tell because you don't own the gym, but is it does it do you think it helps the community a lot or like distract them from other things or how do you think it benefits? So I know my my sensei that's his goal is he wants to be able to put a lot of youth onto jujitsu and kind of get them out the streets. Um, so he's working towards that. I think and our our gym actually really isn't that expensive compared to others, but just like a lot of other sports, uh, I think there's a couple barriers, finances being one that stops people getting uh, into it. Two is just like the fact that you're rolling around with a guy, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of awkward positions in jujitsu where it's like, it looks crazy from the outside. You know what I mean? Like it does. That's just the truth of it is. But once you actually start practicing it, you you see the application and why that it is like that and how it's actually advantageous. Um, so that can definitely push people away. So like we have kids who'd be walking on the street who will literally stop and watch or like open the door. Um, since I've been going there, we've definitely had a lot more BIPOC individuals who have come through and, and worked out. Um, he does have a good group of kids right now the teens were missing a little bit of the teens but i know of other gyms that like in brighton and stuff that have a good group of like teens and stuff like that so at this moment at this point it's not too heavily impacting um i do think there's a a really good opportunity and a growth for that and uh you know that's the goal so hopefully we'll be able to get that done and i that's something that i also want to see done as well oh that's dope that's dope all right, you ready to get into your song? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. What's up, everybody? It's your boy CJ, uh, and today I am talking about Buy You a Drink by T-Pain. Break 
So buy you a drink, T Pain. Why that song for your memory of skating? Cause I was at an SDA school and I wasn't expecting to hear no rap music when we was out. I'm not gonna hold you. I thought they were gonna play some corny music. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> heard some reggae. And then on top of that, it was the first time I ever heard the song. So that well, I think when was when did Buy You a Drink come out? Maybe like oh seven yeah, or eight. Like oh eight seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah around I think that it was like around that time, maybe yeah, yeah. a few years before. And I never heard it before. When it came on, you already know the songs was fired. Yeah. So I'm yeah. over here. I'm at. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm skating in this spot. Shea Boos is the hood spot, so you know it looks lit. It's dope. Right. It's 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 the culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm riding around. They're playing music, and this hair comes on this. Ooh, let me buy you a drink. <laughs> crazy you feel me everyone's singing and shit like that so like yo this song is fire so i'm on the dance floor you know i'm thinking about buying a girl a drink but Uh i don't got no money um and yeah bro it's just a vibe i really like the song um the way the lights came down so i don't know if they still have it um no, I, I don't actually think it was like a disco ball, but whatever they did with the lights, the like they turned the lights down even more. The lights mm-hmm. started going crazy, seeing green, blue, purple, red on the wall, all that. Like, Shabu's just set the vibe, and it was just like, damn, this is dope. Like, this is what people do when they come to Shabu's, like, listen to dope ass music. You feel me? Be around cool ass people and just have a good time. Like, yeah. that's something I still love about skating. Is it people really be out there just having a good time? It's one of those places where it's like. Yeah, everyone here is is here to and like truly enjoy themselves, you know. Yeah, and I feel I feel like skating, especially for for the black culture, it's such a like. As much as I don't know how to skate, like I'm I'm happy when I see black people skate because it's like a thing for us. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like yeah, everybody skates, but it's like we make it like a fucking event. <laughs> we do all the extra shit. You know what I mean? It's like it's we make the shit cool, bro. It's like. So, uh, yeah. not you, dead ass, bro. You got it right, and it's so funny because um, so when COVID hit, Shabu's at the time was shut down, um, for like renovations and stuff. So I ended up going to this other spot in Saugus Roller World, and when you got out there, everybody was out there. So like you said, the event, right? Yeah. Something yo, this is lit. Like, is it just because of COVID? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Right. So. Shavu's opens back up. We go out there, and I see everybody that was black that was at this audience. Yep. I'm like, yep. that's what it is, bro. It's like, yo, this is really an event. Like, people are gonna come out. People are gonna have a good time, bro. So it's dope to see that, and it's just dope to kind of be a part of that. You know, like, even if you don't know how to skate, bro, you can really just come out there, learn, right, just hang out, like, learn if you want to. Just it's a vibe, bro. You're right. You're right. And it, I feel like it's really. Obviously, one thing doesn't represent black culture, but I feel like if we could just look at the history of black culture, especially in America, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like skating is one of them things is like, they got that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they got that. <laughs> they 100% got that. All right. So, so T-Pain, buy you a drink. Uh, are there any other songs around that time? It doesn't remind you of skating, but like, what are the songs that stood out in memory around that time? Um, I don't think a Millie came out in 08 or maybe Lollipop. Maybe that wasn't 08. Time. Was that Lil Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Wayne's tracks. I was a I was a huge Wayne fan. Yeah, I feel like yeah, T Pain and Lil Wayne that time it was obviously Lil Wayne was a fucking you oh, know crazy. Lil Wayne. But like, I feel <laughs> like right. <laughs> like, it's like I feel like it went from like you know from Tupac to maybe like Dr. Dre to West Coast to like Eminem had a thing and then they had like Fifty Cent. Like Kanye for a little bit And then mm-hmm. fucking Lil Wayne came And it's like alright everybody moved the fuck out the way Sports, like, You know what I mean <laughs> Yeah, For sure yeah. So I would say um, Wayne's Basically anything Wayne that came out During that time from um, I feel like Dying to mm-hmm. a Millie Lollipop um, Couldn't Couldn't, couldn't bro yeah. um, Also that's when Nipsey started coming out there was one track with French, Nipsey, Wiz Khalifa. Um, damn. You know what's I can't funny? I remember you the name said, of it. You know what's funny? You said Nipsey. Mm-hmm. I remember. So there's two artists. I remember like when I heard their mixtapes, they weren't like huge, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember hearing that the mixtapes was like, oh, they're going to be fucking like out of here. It was Nipsey Hustle and J. Cole. That J. Cole, um, it's not Friday Light Lights. I think it's like a. The warm up, the warm up. When I heard yeah. the warm up, bro, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 you got it, yeah, <laughs> you got it, yeah. But for Nipsey, like, there was a song. I think it's called like "Bullets Got No Name" or something like that. That's yeah. the first song I heard from Nipsey. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I looked him up. I'm like, oh, it's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he looked just like Snoop Dogg, but yeah, yeah bro. So I, I can't. I gotta search up that 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 um that song and I'll send it to you so you can take a listen and um you know mention right. it and, and however right. you can in the in the yeah. conversation um yeah. but that that was one of the songs too that was dope because it had a bunch of uh, like a variety different of different artists you know different types of artists you had the west coast on there you had mid coast with Wiz Khalifa you had uh east coast with um French Montana and there was like one or two other people on there. And that was just one of the biggest songs that we was just going back and forth about as the right, guys at right. school. Like, nah, this this person got it. Nah, this person's right. person. Nah, this, you feel me? No, no, then, they're really rapping. Like, yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was one of the ones that stuck out a lot. Um, I'm a Friday Night Lights. Like, I think that's Cole's best. I, it's a mixtape, but I feel like that should have been an album. Right. That, honestly. Like, honestly. The, like, the, um, the the too deep for the intro, like all the way there's, through. There's bro. no better way to start a piece of work. Like it's that's it. That's the top. Yep. Like that is it. Yep. That's how you start a project, bro. Like it's insane. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. You when, know, when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, Cole is it. Like, yeah, he's it. He's it. But yeah. yeah, all right. So I like to end off the episode. Actually, you know, before we get into that, I remember one thing. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask you. Not that you're on the podcast. So back in mm-hmm. high school. Yep. Every fucking time, not every time, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but a few times I'm walking in the hallway, I hear people yell your name. Like they'll me? yell CJ. Uh-huh. And I feel like it was for me, but I couldn't prove it. So I was like, ignored it. But it's like, it <laughs> happened so many times. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like some inside joke. Like, what the fuck is going on? But it wasn't like I was offended or some shit. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, nah, know? I know what you mean. Okay. So I don't. I can't say if they were calling you or me, but I've had that before too, where I've heard like, and I'm like, yo, and like, no, Sanjay. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. You know what I mean? That definitely happened, bro. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just you. It was, and, 
And we, you probably heard a little bit more because your class had the other CJ too. You feel mm. me? So you probably like heard it even more than I noticed it. Because when I probably wasn't really around and he was there, you were probably yeah, hearing yeah, it too. Yeah. You feel me? So nah, it, it was definitely a real thing, bro. And I'd be like, yo, y'all didn't say Sanjay, bro. Y'all said <laughs> CJ. I'm like, well, yeah, bro. Nah, that was real. Yo, I saw for like a good minute, I was like, yeah, I'm not fucking bugging. Like, I religion thought I was hearing shit for a minute. I'm like, I, but it, again, it wasn't some shit where like you know people were making fun of me. like I'm like all right whatever. I'm yeah, it was, just, it was real confusing. You feel exactly, me? Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. nah, you're right, bro. Exactly. All right, so I like to end the episode on a quick game I call on the spot. So I'm just okay. gonna read out three different scenarios, and you kind of okay. just off the top of your head name the song that you would play in that scenario. Oh, cool. Man. Oh, shit. Yeah, so on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Not time, right? Yeah. All right, uh, ready? Yep. All right, uh, first one. Uh, you're watching a montage of your life. What's the theme music? Picture me rolling, Nipsey Hussle. Oh, nice, nice, nice. All right, next one. UFC main event. What song are you walking out to? Woo, it's a 50 Cent song. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm probably going to go like back down, maybe. You look at me. You look closely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Coast, coast, east side, west side. Go ahead. My fault. Bro, that that run. Get rich or die trying. G unit. That massacre. If you listen to the massacre album, I feel like it's grossly underrated. That album. Like from start to finish. Mm hmm. It's like I think it's his best work as far as like rapping and like different types of rap, like storytelling and like mm-hmm. you know painting pictures. Like this is his best album. Which one? The Massacre. That second oh, one. The Massacre. Yeah. yeah, I feel you because he it had the perfect blend. You feel like I feel like when certain artists get not even certain artists as an artist when you get big enough you really got to appeal to everybody and that's what Fifty Cent does best. He, you he, like, you know, he knows how to sell records and that's what he chose to do. You know what I mean? So I and get he it. He still kept the essence. You feel yeah, me? Like, yeah. you could really run around like, yeah. And I feel <laughs> like that that album, because of like Candy Shop, which was like a massive hit, nobody really listened to the album. They're like, oh, we got Candy Shop and it was a big song, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I get it. All right, last one. Ready? Yep. You go back to middle school. Uh, you oh, Sorry, you go back to middle school. Uh, party event. What songs playing? Middle school party event. I mean, outside of the the buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. Middle school, and it's like my fault. I need a little parameters for this. No, no I no, get no. to pick the song to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me a give me a minute for this. <laughs> I'm really trying to think. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a time period. So you got it. I'm. It's the it's the one that's coming to my head. So I'm gonna just say it. Uh-huh. Um, young Jock. Uh, yo, chain, halo, do it. That's the one that came to my head. I thought that shit was a bop. You feel me? Especially in middle was school, it, like I don't know about chains. And the video was lit. Yeah, there was another. You know what? I, I keep mixing. I don't know why, but every time I think of that Young Jock song, you know that fuck. What's his name? I think it's like Gibbs. It's like King Kong, King 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 Kong. King Kong, yeah, yeah. That, that that was my yeah. shit, bro. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I'm about to bump that shit right after this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, man, that was that's it. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, the camera is yours. Anything you want to say before you before we hop off? 
now nah, bro i just want to say thank you for having me this was dope um and yeah i can't wait to see this and all the other episodes you're gonna have i think it's a really dope topic so keep going man all right i appreciate you bro thanks again you already no doubt all right later